This is When Everything is Missions, the podcast hosted by Matthew Ellison and Danny Spitters. If we just tell everybody that they're all missionaries, we're going to get our people to do evangelism more often. It's well-intentioned, but the problem is, is by doing that, you end up nullifying the actual call of those that are called to missions. On this episode, the guys chat with Jeff Jackson, the founder and director of church relations for Shepherd Staff Mission Facilitators whose vision is to see every local church engaged in global missions. Sounds like they've got something in common then. Here's Matthew to get things going. Greetings and welcome once again to the When Everything is Missions podcast. I am Matthew Ellison. I am joined by my friend and co-host, Denny Spitters. We co-authored a book entitled When Everything is Missions, and this podcast is based upon that book. Good companion book coming out. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, it's called Conversations on When Everything is Missions. uh, The whole idea behind this book was we wanted to um, bring forward the roughly about 14, 15 people that are going to be contributing chapters in this book uh, to bring forth uh, their thinking and their influence. Uh, Many of them have influenced us um, so well and encouraged us in a variety of ways. And so we wanted to explore specific things surrounding everything being missions and that thinking. And uh, so it's great to be able to be doing this today and do it with a guy who wrote a chapter called What's the Harm in Calling Everything Missions? Yeah, he's a good friend of ours, Jeff Jackson, and we've been swinging swords there, Jeff and I, for I think we said nearly 20 years, Jeff. Yes, I think it is. I think it has been about actually more than 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable, brother. And Danny and I have been swinging swords together for over 10. So there's a lot of collective mobilization experience here. I hope we have something meaningful to share with our listeners. Yeah. The title I, of I your chapter. So Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the title of your chapter, Danny already mentioned it. What's the harm in calling? missions plays on something that you and I and Denny have talked about at length. And it's this idea that's prevalent in many churches that it's just not that big of a deal to call every good truistic or evangelistic work, a missions work. And those like ourselves who can test something more specific and really just blowing things out of proportion. So Jeff, here's the question for you. Mm-hmm. Are Blowing things out of proportion, or or should I say, are we blowing things out of proportion? Is this much ado about nothing? Well, uh, you know, I think it is not much ado about nothing. I, I think matters. Uh, I think it matters. And, and you know, the basic idea, I, I think the foundational concept is that words matter. Words ha- are containers, you know, and uh, we use them. But if we don't know the content of what other people are going to pour into our words, then things can go sideways and drift in directions that uh, we don't really intend them to drift in. And so, no, I don't, I think it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's an issue that needs to be tackled because I see it having an impact on, on fulfilling the great commission, the role that God's given the church, you know, in his global purposes. And I think it has, a major impact in individual lives and in the lives of churches and so forth. So now this has to be confronted uh, terms need to be defined and all the things that sort of motivated you to write the book, the two of you, uh, I'm totally on board with you. And I've seen it from the realm in which I navigate in, 
um, the consequences of it. Talk a little bit more about those consequences, if you could expand on that a little. Well, you know, sort of the as as I point out in the article, you know, for the book, I mean, after I got back, well, let me let me let me couch it in these terms. When I went to the field myself with my wife and kids back in '87, um, you know, the members of our church they they recognized the calling that was on our lives. And they they valued, in a sense, and they, they bestowed a level of honor on us for being willing to disconnect and and say goodbye to everything familiar and comfortable and go to the other side of the world, you know, for, for the gospel's sake. And so even though no missionary wants to be put on a pedestal, there was, in a sense, a pedestal factor for those that were willing to obey when the cost of obedience was at that level. And so people bestowed this this honor on us. And even though, hey, we're just regular people and they know that and we know that the calling that God had given us was so, um, you know, it was it was it was a unique calling. Not everybody had it. And those that didn't have it wanted to honor those that did. And so we went to the field and and, you know, we were sort of on the receiving end of that um, honor bestowal. You might say. And then um, as I got back, you know, years later and started navigating in the church world, um, I started noticing the idea that, hey, there's something going on here where pastors and church leaders are telling everybody that they're missionaries. Uh, and, and and all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, there's a shift taking place here that I'm not so sure this is a good idea, not because I'd been a missionary and I wanted, you know, the status yeah. of honor that came with it. But wait a minute, it looks like they're basically trying to motivate people to do evangelism by saying, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're all missionaries. And you now you go out when you're, when you go out and get in your car, you're a missionary. Um, and I agree with the idea that you're, you know, you're on a mission from God. Every Christian is on a mission from God, but not everyone is a missionary. Sure. And let's, so, yeah, let's, Explore that a little bit more, because something you say in your chapter is this. I'm going to quote you here. Though okay. well-intentioned, the view that everything is missions and every follower of Christ is a missionary comes with significant, though unintended, mission yes. impact consequences. So here's kind of a two-part question. I'll give you the first part. Um, okay. maybe, maybe you can describe how the view that everything is missions and every follower of Christ is a missionary is likely well-intentioned. Well, it, it, it is. It, I think it's well-intentioned because I think the people that, because missionaries have been held in such high regard as people who take the gospel so seriously and, and presenting the gospel to people that need to know Jesus. Um, those people take it so seriously that, um, you know they've got a they've got a, a a level of passion and obedience and commitment that every Christian should live with. Every Christian should live with the same passion to share the gospel as missionaries do. And so, so the right. good intentions are: if we just tell everybody that they're all missionaries, we're going to get our people to do evangelism more often, and and with the boldness that missionaries have to go. And so, it's well intentioned. But the problem is, is by doing that, you end up nullifying the actual call of those that are called to missions and, and actual missionaries. So, well, 
that's the that kind of leads to the second part uh, of my question here, which is, uh, what would you say are some of the most significant, though unintended, consequences? Again, some things that that kind of like, yeah, these I'm seeing some results here that I don't think people are seeing. Maybe you could yeah. zero in on a couple of them. You, you cite like about ten in your chapter. Uh, I do. give it two or three that you would say, hey. Here's some unintended consequences I don't think people are thinking about. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the first one is that it, it when you tell every Christian that they're a missionary, um, then basically what happens is you get them to think on a local personal scale rather than the the bigger picture that's revealed in God's word of God, you know, having a heart for all of the people that he created and all of their ethnic and linguistic diversity. Jesus given the Great Commission to, hey, go and make disciples of all those ethnic groups. And then, you know, the bigger meta-narrative of eventually people from every tribe, people, nation, and tongue are going to be worshipers. If you tell everyone that they're a missionary, then what it does is it sort of nullifies that bigger picture and causes them to sort of just dig into the scripture and read it with what's uh what's what's their personal gain to be had from this and what's right in their uh, field of view in their day-to-day life so you lose the bigger picture um sweep you might say of of the new testament and so when you disconnect your individual life and your day-to-day life from the bigger picture your moment in the bigger story that god has when you disconnect from the bigger story then you're going to you're going to lose your way. And, and, and it's, you know, they're, they're, the um, ability to stay passionate with the bigger yeah. purpose is going to be lost. So that's one of the things. Yeah. And you see the Bible differently, too, because yes. instead of seeing it as, uh, well, it's kind of a self-help book for Christians. You no longer see the big story, like you said, the overall story, the meta narrative, sometimes people call it. So the whole idea that there is this missionary God that's at work from the beginning to the end of history. Yeah, absolutely. And what, and what links into that uh, also is you then, when you, when you disconnect from the bigger story that you're part of, your moment is, is part of this bigger story. When you disconnect from that, and, and we know because of what God's told us in his word, you know, that time is, is progressing forward and there's an end point in mind. What happens is, um, when you lose that bigger picture, that meta narrative, you you don't care about how close are we to that end point. In other words, it diminishes mm. the desire to know and measure um, how much progress have we been made as a church <laughs> in the command, the commission that Jesus gave us. Yep. I mean, why bother if everybody's a missionary and all that matters is what's in front of me, and I'm not really uh, an essential part of the bigger picture? Then who cares how much progress we've been made as a group of people to fulfill the end game goal that he gave us? Yeah. Yeah. You know, something that I've encountered with pastors um, when I ask them some questions to probe this is that they really don't believe everyone's a missionary, Jeff. And let me tell you how I, I do go about this. I, I will ask them. So yeah. you say everyone's a missionary. Yes. OK. Do you believe the Holy Spirit has gifted and appointed Every single person in your church to be identified, given support, sent out to a different culture to learn a language, evangelize, plan a church, 
Do you think that's the calling of everyone in your church? You know what they say? No, 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 no it's not. not because they recognize that. And then I will say, well, then what do you call those people? And they yeah. say missionaries. So you, you, yeah. you mentioned that, you know, the, the well-intentioned aspect is we want people to evangelize. So we call them missionaries. But right. when, when pastors are calling everyone a missionary, what they're really saying is everyone should be a witness. Everyone yes. should be salt and light. But when you call them a missionary, again, you lose the big picture, and then the distinct calling upon that individual is really nullified. And so that's one of the consequences. So let me ask another question here, and it's related to one of your passions, Jeff. Danny and I both know you are passionate about missionary care, what those in the missions world call member care. Right. And can you tell us a little bit about the biblical basis for that, why it's so important? And then this is what you wrote in the book in your chapter. When we call everyone a missionary, it dismantles the hardwiring God has placed within us to bestow gratitude, respect, and honor on those whose obedience to his calling requires an extraordinary level of self-denial, sacrifice, and humility. So two-part question. Give us a little bit about the biblical basis for missionary care and then how calling everyone a missionary dismantles that. Well, the, the biblical basis for missionary care, I, I think, is, is pretty clear in the New Testament in the sense that, you know, God didn't call everybody um, to go, to say goodbye, disconnect from everything familiar and comfortable to go. And the people in those days, you know, that the scripture is describing, they recognized that those that had that calling, there was a cost that they were paying, and those that weren't called to go— had a responsibility that God had put on their heart to care for them, to, to honor them as they go, and then to care for them. And, and because they're, they've accepted a unique calling with unique costs, that they, by the virtue of that, they needed some special care. They needed special attention. They needed opportunities, for example, when they returned from um, uh, or they visited, you know, from another location to be able to unpack their story and so forth. And so, you know, clearly, uh, and, you know, you guys are like me, you know, we're sort of missions junkies. But, you know, what Paul says to the church in Philippi in chapter one, that you've been, um, you know, participating in the gospel with me from the first day I arrived until now, that whole idea that, you know, Lydia housed Paul and Silas when they were in Philippi. And then when they moved on from Philippi, she, you know, again, the culture of the day, a wealthy woman, she would have sent them well stocked as they yeah. left. They had a place to stay. They were loved on. And Paul's perspective was, you know, you guys participated in the gospel from the first day I got there by housing me. And then, of course, you got the whole third John thing, which I'm sure has been referenced, you know, a dozen times in these podcasts. The whole idea that, you know, when you send these guys forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you do well because they went forth for his namesake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. And you become fellow workers, you know, when you do that. So there's there's clearly in the New Testament this idea that the few that God does call to go and to disconnect at those, those uh, you know, out of the ordinary levels, that those people that are called to go, with the acceptance of that calling, comes unique stresses and unique challenges that the rest of the body of Christ can meet uh, and, and, and meet them and, and encourage them in those things. And, and, of course, with that calling then comes the idea of, you know, the people that do that are should have honor bestowed upon them. There should be a recognition of respect, a certain bestowal of, of a unique status that they've accepted a call that's unique 
and and has unique challenges and unique stresses, and we need to honor them uh, by doing that. And and I think you know one of the po- that point that you referenced, Matt, the ones that the one about um, you know the quote, it dismantles the hard wiring that God's placed within us to bestow gratitude. The idea that you know God has hardwired us to to honor and to hold in high regard those that have accepted an out of the ordinary sacrifice where there's a cost for their obedience that most people don't have to pay, aren't called to pay. And with that comes then this hardwiring in us to honor those kind of people. And and you guys both know me, you know, I was, I was in the military years ago too. And I was in right after Vietnam and, and that, you know, that Vietnam era in the history of our country, um, it was, you know, soldiers and stuff were not given honor when they came back. They were treated as, you know, as arms of the state. And because people were protesting the war, they dishonored the soldiers that went over there. Now, that's been corrected culturally in our country since then. But the reality of it was, is those guys that were willing to go and 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 actually fight in a war out of obedience to their country and the great cost they paid, they weren't honored. Well, now that's changed. And now you have today... You know, even within our culture at large, you have airlines letting people get on board if they're active duty military. There's there's been this, you know, this renewal, you might say, of honoring those who have willfully, voluntarily uh, chosen to sacrifice at a level that most people aren't called to do. Yeah. You know, so when we call everyone a missionary. Yeah, um, yeah. We don't esteem those who go. And then what you're saying, it really dismantles the hardwiring wing have to honor those who go. So it's kind of a double impact. The, yeah, missionaries, then, don't, the missionaries yeah. don't get cared for. And then the church misses out on that opportunity to participate. Yeah. And then the church itself is not healthy because a healthy church bestows honor. Because the, health, the, the, the church, the local church is a, is a local expression of the body of Christ. And if mm-hmm. our individual, if individually we're, hardwired to bestow honor well a local church is hardwired by god to bestow honor also on on those of its members that accept this unique calling and you guys have heard me talk about this a couple times and again i didn't have time to write this in the chapter but but when i've tried to help people understand this i use i use i use a lot of military analogies because of my background and so forth but one of the one of the ones that i use that kind of helps people get a handle on this a little better is the idea of look um every christian does certain things that a missionary does. Every Christian is a witness. So, so missionaries share their faith, and hey, we, and they seem to be the best ones at doing that. So, let's tell all of our people they're missionaries, so they all share their faith. And there is some overlap in what missionaries do, and and what every Christian should be doing. Well, therefore, let's call everybody a missionary. No, because there's just some overlap there. And so, so what I use is the analogy of look, an electrician that works for your local electric company, he works with electricity. He knows electricity. He works for a local company. Um, now, now imagine somebody who's an electrician like that now joining the military, and he becomes an electrician, let's say, in the Army. Well, now he and your local electrician are both working in electricity, but the reality of it is the Army electrician has accepted a level of self-denial and self-sacrifice that your local guy hasn't. And because the guy has joined the army, his boss can call him up today and say, by the way, you're leaving for the Middle East tonight. 
and you're going to do some electrical work over there. And by the way, while you're doing it, you're going to be shot at and you may die. But it has to be done. Okay. Versus the local guy, he gets a call to do a job in a, in a, in a rough neighborhood of his city. If he doesn't want to go there, he just says, no, I don't really want to work over there. It could be dangerous or whatever, or he can quit at any time. So both guys work with electricity, but there's a level of self-sacrifice, self-denial that the army electrician has embraced and accepted that is worthy of being honored by the electrician who doesn't have that extra layer on what he does day to day. Does that make sense? It totally does. And it reminds me of a passage we've talked about several times, Jeff, and, and that is 1 Corinthians 16, where mm-hmm. those who are caring for the missionaries are actually then recognized. <laughs> they're worthy of honor because Dude. they're caring for the missionaries in, the, in a way that is excellent, right? Yes. And that, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, again, I, that, that's something I wanted to bring up, but I, and I just didn't have time to think. But, yeah, okay, that whole Stephanus and Fortunatus, that text there where Paul says, hey, you know, these guys have – you guys have sent – these two guys, and they've refreshed our spirits here, my spirit here, and they've refreshed yours, and they've been an incredible tool in your hands. Your expression of love through them has, has been meaningful and impactful. And, hey, when they get back, you need, to, you need to make sure that you publicly recognize these guys that have brought care and encouragement to missionaries. Because Paul recognized the value and the importance of a local church serious taking serious its role to care for those that god calls to be missionaries well if everybody's a missionary you don't have any of that happening and nobody's exempt that's the other thing uh often it it, it comes down to making it an either or and i i love one of the older um kind of metaphors of it's like sending someone down into the deep um you know, crevices of a mine shaft and the people that are participating in the local church are the ones holding the ropes. Absolutely. Yes. That's a great, that's a great analogy. And again, if everything is missions and everybody's a missionary, then you lose that distinctiveness. And, and, you know, I just, it's, it's, and again, you know, and, and brothers, you, you know me, I've always got an angle, a cultural angle. See, I think, uh, I think the root, well, one of the main roots, at least, of this whole everybody's a missionary mindset is the result of Western culture, the hyper-individualism and hyper-independence of our culture. And in in that kind of context, the, the idea of egalitarianism yes. in the sense that everybody's equal, nobody should have a title, anybody that's given a title— that distinguishes them from anybody else, that somehow that's an attack on the people that don't have that title. And I, I just, I, I reject that from common sense, but I also reject it from a biblical uh, angle. And, um, and again, I just, I follow the example. I mean, just biblically, you know, um, Jesus himself is referred to as an apostle, uh, which is of course the, the, you know, it's the, the root word of that is the root word of the idea of missionary, apostello. Um, but so he, he is referred to as a missionary in Hebrews 3, 1, using our terminology. And then I find it fascinating that that when he's starting his ministry and he gets um, 
you know, he has a crowd of people follow him and he spends all night in, in Luke chapter six. And then what he does is he, you know, he calls the ones that he wanted, a select group, a small select group. And then he gives them the same title uh, of an apostle. Well, that title that he gave them distinguished them from everybody else. Mm. He had hundreds of disciples, um, but not all of his disciples were apostles, meaning all of those that were chosen, that were had chosen to follow him and come under his discipline and sort of want to be like him. They were all there. But within that group, he gave them the title of apostle slash missionary. Same concept. It was given to a small group of people. It didn't offend anybody else. They were walking at a level with him deeper than anybody else at the time. He was uniquely training and equipping them to take the message, you know, and make it global, preparing them to do that. So, you know, he didn't call all disciples apostles. Right. And in the same way, I I don't think we should be calling every disciple of Jesus a missionary if Jesus himself didn't do that. Mm. There was a unique calling that was on their lives that he was equipping and preparing them for. And that calling required, and you guys have gotten into this, I'm sure, you know, the um, the whole idea that there's a disconnection. There's a relocation from uh, a, a, a crossing of geographic, linguistic, cultural boundaries, you know, being sent to cross these boundaries. And, and, and I like to use the word relocate into a different context and environment that God hasn't called everybody to do. He's mm-hmm. called some to do that. And those that he has called to do that, um, for them, they have to be obedient. And the call requires a level of self-sacrifice and self-denial, disconnection that most people don't have. Those that aren't called at that level should hold those people in high regard, care for them and participate because they're helping everybody to be able to participate in the bigger meta narrative. So, Jeff, that's that's incredibly helpful. And often people don't want to think through all of that. Um, I really appreciate how you brought out the whole idea of egalitarianism. Uh, one of the sub points in your chapter is what mm-hmm. you call provoking reexamination. And, and that's actually a common theme of this next book conversation mm. on when everything is missions. In fact, the subtitle of it is rediscovering the mission of the church. So mm. we contend that the church doesn't need to rethink or redefine missions. Uh, we need to rediscover missions. Absolutely. So, you, so can you share with us a few ways um, that you help provoke people to reexamine their understanding of missions? If, if the consequences you described are getting any traction. Yeah, I, I think the main one, because so much of this starts in the pulpits. Um, and again, with good intentions, but because so much of it starts in the pulpits, what I do in my interaction with pastors or leaders within local churches of influence is I, I try to make it personal to them. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll say, look, hey, pastor, you know, because you want your your people to do some of the things that missionaries do, and you think the best way to get them to do it is to tell all of them that they're missionaries. Well, some of the things that God calls you to do as a pastor, he calls every other Christian to do, like read the word, like encourage people, like be a good listener, like uh, put other people higher than yourself. So 
if you're unwilling to say to your whole church, hey, you're all pastors, because you know that what you have is a unique calling, then why would you then broaden out the understanding of a missionary to all of your church members? Why are you willing to do to missionaries and missions what you're unwilling to do to the calling of pastor? And that usually gets their attention. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and you can carry that analogy through, you know, the different things. Hey, everybody needs to be able to provide some level of medical care and we don't call them all doctors. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, so that's, uh, you, you know, um, that, that, that's one way to do it. And then, and then the other, the other thing is I, I, I challenge them a lot of times and this is kind of woven through more and more of how I try to articulate this stuff is the idea of, Hey, have you ever read, you know, a missionary biography? You know, there, there's something about reading a biography of a missionary. Um, and, you, you know, you can just pick one. There's there's dozens of them out there, actually, probably hundreds of them out there. But, hey, take a look at, at this guy's life. And and one of the other things that I do, besides looking at missionary biographies, is I, I also tell them, and if they're somewhat savvy, um, you know, theologically, uh, what I do is I'll tell them, look, um, when you look at Jonathan Edwards or you look at these other guys, eventually these deep theologian guys, eventually they all get interested in missions. And like Jonathan Edwards, he wanted to become a missionary eventually. And I said, there's no coincidence between the greatest theologian of the New Testament, Paul, being the greatest missionary, Paul, the same guy. Because, you know, and so that calling, when you press into God and you see his global heart, for all people and you see his end game and, and and you know that he calls some people to fulfill that and, and everyone else to participate by, you know, mm-hmm. sending and caring for those that go. It, it's an incredible privilege. And and then kind of the icing on the cake that I share with them is is the idea of like, hey, when you get behind those that have been called to go and you start participating, it's going to make your local church healthier. It's going to make you healthier. And a lot of times, a lot of pastors, they don't think through, like Matt said, uh, you know, they don't think through the fact that they really don't define, they don't really act as if with their own money and their own prayer time, as if everybody's a missionary. But somehow it's gotten into their pulpit in the way they lead their church. That's good, Jeff. Okay, so you've pointed out some dangerous consequences um, there in your chapter as well of this well-intentioned idea. I recommend people pick up the book, read Jeff's chapter. It's excellent. But here's the thing, Jeff. The church has been calling everyone a missionary for so long now. Every good work is a missions work. Every follower of Christ is a missionary. You get into your car. You're now entering the missions field. So, Jeff, if we're not all missionaries, what on earth are we going to call Christ followers? (laughs) What are we going to call Christ followers? We're going to call them disciples. We're going to call them, we're going to call them witnesses, right? Um, We're going to, we're going to just say, hey, it's, you know, if you follow Jesus, you want to make him known. And so you do that within the sphere of life that God's given you. But you don't need a unique calling to do that. You're his disciple. You want to make him known. You want to witness and testify to his goodness and his grace and, and make the gospel known. Every believer should be doing that. But those believers that are doing that and also get this other call, 
to disconnect and go and do that in faraway places to expand the kingdom and cross boundaries, those people have a unique calling that you inherently will want to honor when you know people that actually do that. Yeah. You know, Denny and I were at a panel discussion some time ago about this book and it was first released and uh, in a room full of pastors and leaders. And after the panel discussion, one of the guys said, you know, you guys have convinced me. Biblically, I see not everyone's a missionary, but what on earth are we supposed to? So, you know, the question I asked you actually, I'd heard before, what on earth are we supposed to call people? And Denny and I looked at each other and we said, disciples. So (laughs) here's the thing. We've so lowered our standards. We have. For what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. They were calling everyone a missionary. You know, the, the idea of taking care of the homeless, reaching out in our neighborhoods, being salt and light at all levels in our culture, being witnesses, that's the work of a disciple. But no, no one identifies those things with the work of a disciple anymore. So we'll no. call missionaries. And something Denny has said, you know, if someone's not behaving as a disciple, yeah. if you start calling them a missionary, they're not going to change your behavior anyway. It's not going to No, work. it doesn't. And that's the funny thing. It doesn't work. They all think. <laughs> It work. It doesn't work. It doesn't give you the end game that you're shooting for. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and you know what I you know I I used to I used to use this and now there's a new example of it. Look, you know back in the back you know a few years ago, if you had member a pastor, leaders of a local church, members of a local church, when they had members of their church that joined the military, especially you know since the wars have been on, you know, you, a lot of times they have pictures of those that are serving in the military on the bulletin boards in the church. And <laughs> yep. they have they have their names, you know, pray for them and pray for their family. You know, they're asking for special prayer for them. So what's going on there? That that hardwired, you know, desire that God's given us to bestow honor on that which is honorable is there. And now you see it with COVID, with frontline workers. Yeah. Well, hey. A lot of people, you know, do jobs that are considered essential. Well, why are we honoring frontline workers? Why are we praying for them? Why are we making note of them? Because they're accepting a level of self-denial and sacrifice and danger and risk that most of the rest of us are not called to. That's honorable. So do we help every by telling everybody you're all frontline workers because you all interact with your neighbors and other people at work? No. That diminishes what the frontline workers are actually doing, great. and it doesn't actually motivate you. That's a great example, Jeff. So, yeah. Well, Denny, well, it's not, but it's an uphill climb. So, yeah. Anything well, else, uh, Denny? Yeah, I would just want to thank Jeff for a great chapter. I I appreciate your approach of not only <clears throat> healthy thinking, but some very practical looks at. Um, I love your example of, you know, really asking people, which I have had training uh, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure, you know, maybe both of you guys have had training. I have trained to learn how to um, rescue people in a swimming environment. I've had swim training and I can do basic lifeguard, but that doesn't mean you're going to call me a rescue swimmer because exactly. I just saw. A, a, a YouTube uh, video on rescue swimmers. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I would never even contemplate doing this. This is way, way, way beyond my concept because there's a uniqueness to it. And yes. um, I think that if people really kind of look at rediscovering what missions really is in their own life and go back to the Bible 
there's actually a lot there that we can glean and you have helped us very deeply with that in some practical but very good thinking level ways thank you for it my pleasure thank you brothers when everything is missions with matthew ellison and denny spitters hit the subscribe button in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode find the book the podcast archive and tons of free info online at whenevertheringismissions.com. This podcast is presented by 1615 Missions Coaching.